Good day, my Telos podcast friends. We've got an interesting show for you today. It is Kevin Quaintance from telosglobal.io, the block producer on Telos. We are going to get into, Kevin is going to cover an actual proof of concept coming to Telos that is for supply chain in transit. We're going to talk about the physical product, how supply chain can be written right to the Telos blockchain, and a conference that's going to be displayed about in real time. And we cover all kinds of other things like sentiment tokens, Draco's Keep, uh, D Store. But the most interesting thing is this big time application and this proof of concept for supply chain and Telos. So, fantastic podcast today. This is sponsored by Hybrid.Games, our sound engineer who makes this smooth sound coming through your ears. Thank you. Go check Scott at Hybrid.Games. Check out Hybrid.Games. And without further ado, I'm bringing to you Kevin Queens. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain. The Talos Podcast. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Welcome to the show, Kevin. How are you doing today? Doing good, thanks. Yeah. And what's the what's the most interesting going on in uh, Telos right now? Uh, there's a lot a lot of cool stuff going on in Telos right now. Um, I still think that Telos is is uh, kind of a sleeping giant out there. Um, not a lot of people still know about Telos, and we're working on that. But um, Telos has done some great things. You know, we're we're known as the governance chain by many people. Um, we still are enforcing governance uh, every day on the chain, just making sure that the chain is always healthy and has the best VPs represented. Um, But there's a lot of interesting things coming to Telos. You know, we did our our TED uh, plan, uh, basically the Telos Economic Development Plan back in May, and I think that uh, kicked out out in June. Um, And that really started uh, a lot of progression of some new things to come. So um, I'm excited about, uh, we're having DStore coming, which is our decentralized storage uh, based on IPFS. Um, we've got sentiment tokens coming uh, pretty soon, which I think is very um, innovative. It's basically a way to, um, you know, provide sentiment in transactions that you've had with other um, Telos users on the chain so that uh, it's, you know, kind of like a like-dislike type uh, feature. Um, and then, of course, we've got dragons coming, which is very exciting. We're all excited about that. But uh, I think you'll see a lot of these things are addressing needs uh, on the chain. And um, you're going to continue to see more and more features rolling out on the Telos blockchain. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you brought up governance. That was a big part of the uh, conversation. The podcast, this is podcast 13. Podcast 12 is going to launch right before this one. But uh, it was a lot about governance. And that's such a big there's such a big area there, such a hole to fill in blockchain that Telos is, is kind of filling this, uh, this idea of actually a governed blockchain that doesn't remove the humans completely from the equation because, uh, you know, so much of blockchain has gone so far towards we want CODA's law, we want everything completely, uh, you know, removing humans from the decision making process because, um, but, you know, that overlooks the fact that uh, we have a massive computer in our head and we've been using it for 10,000 years and, uh, and it's, it's well refined for decision making. So um, I, I love the, I love how Telos is, is actively governing and, and it's been hugely successful so far. I, much more successful than I think a lot of people were going to give it, were giving it credit for when it first, uh, before it had kind of proven itself in a couple different areas. 
Yeah, and and uh, I've been with the chain since we launched last December. Uh, working actually, I started with the project in October of last year, um, and I can't take a lot of the credit for that, but I do um, give a lot of kudos to the thought leaders behind Telos for really thinking through and taking time to set that um, and get that set, you know, more or less right before we launch the chain, so that we had a good foundation that we can base our actions against and. That's turned out to be tremendously uh, important and successful for our chain. And like I said, we execute it or, you know, exercise it weekly, um, you know, as uh, we are attracting more and more people to the chain. Mm-hmm. What do you think the biggest area that governance is, where do you think governance has had the biggest impact for Antelos? Well, there's, there's really a, several areas. I mean, the one that I'm closest to as a block producer on Telos is um, making sure that uh, all the block producers are adhering to um, the requirements for block producers. Uh, we do have some tools uh, and we're growing more and more tools around this to uh, kind of automate and watch over um, the, uh, the requirements of BPs. So, you know, we're executing multi-sigs to kick out BPs, you know, on a weekly basis that don't meet the minimum qualifications. And um, I think that's just a very healthy, um, you know, part of our governance just to make sure that, you know, the block producers are doing what they're supposed to do and protecting the network. Um, you know, multi-sigs uh, or these, the governance really goes beyond just, you know, block producer candidates. Um, it's really just making sure that um, everyone uh, adheres to um, the rules of the chain. And there are, you know, processes and, and consequences um, that, that we can leverage in our toolkit whenever, you know, we need to. So it's, uh, it's, it's still, you know, I, I kind of equate it to the, uh, to that, uh, um, you know, familiar saying about, you know, getting the airplane off the ground, um, you know, Telos took time to build the airplane, um, you know, get it more or less right. You know, we knew it wasn't going to be, you know, completely perfect, but it was enough to get it off the ground last, you know, when we launched in December. And then we've just been making, you know, course corrections as we go. You know, we're learning from other chains, um, you know, learning from within our own chain and really just continuing to build on it and make it stronger and better. And, um, you know, I think we're doing a very good job. I mean, I'm, I'm impressed every day to, to see and hear what, you know, the community is coming out um, to, uh, to enhance Telos. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this, the next stage of scaling looks. So what do you think, what do you see as possible hurdles as we scale and how governance fits in and and where there might be some speed bumps? That's a good question. Um, I think, you know, this is a kind of start out as an experimental project. There's a lot of things that were, were, um, you know, really exercising on this chain you know first of all just kind of at a foundational level this whole you know concept of decentralized is even new um you know when i joined the project last year it was a completely new model for me and just kind of you know getting into that model and and learning how to work within that model has been a little bit challenging and uneasy but then you know i found the model actually works pretty well Um, as long as you have the right people who are, you know, be dedicated and interesting, interested in the health of the chain. Um, once you have those people empowered to, you know, um, to build and, and create and act, um, you know, in the best of the chain, it's actually the models working out pretty well for us. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think that's the, the, the key is having the incentives for the block producers to act in the best interest of the chain and, and mm-hmm. somehow continuing to tweak those. So those, those incentives continue to be aligned in the best interest of the yeah. chain. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, to answer a question about hurdles and bumps, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the one that I'm, I guess, you know, trying to keep an eye on is that as Telos grows and becomes more prominent and more people know about it, and, you know, if the Telos coin price continues to increase in value, we're going to be attracting more people to the chain. And that might bring, you know, the good and some bad. And so we're just going to be, you know, vigilant to watch out for, you know, any potential, you know, bad actors who become part of the chain and be able to leverage our governance models to, you know, deal with that when it comes. So I think to me, that's my biggest concern is that, you know, as we become more you know larger and grow and the coins value we're going to attract all sorts of people um with all sorts of different intentions mm-hmm. yeah yeah that'll be that will that might take uh yeah a lot of vigilant governance as, as there becomes a, more of a honey pot for people for sure um, so you mentioned d store can you talk a little bit about that yeah so uh D store. I'm I'm not one of the most active um, participants, but uh, I have um, volunteered resources to help um, with that to proof of concept. But um, D store is basically based on uh, IPFS um, interplanetary file system, and uh, it's a decentralized storage model. So uh, you know, think about it like a Dropbox you know type solution, if you will. It's a place where you can store files and um, you know, artifacts. Uh, in a decentralized way. And so um, the best way to, to explain it is really that, uh, you know, folks who want to use this system um, might have so much uh, amount of free storage, but, um, you know, then they will be able to purchase additional storage um, with their Telos coins and then, um, you know, be able to use it like a Dropbox experience. And uh, the people who run the IPFS swarm underneath that's uh, basically storing all these um, across all their swarm nodes, um, we'll be able to be compensated for, you know, that storage that they're essentially providing for the end users. So very exciting. And it's, uh, it's another critical piece for more projects that we're going to be building on top of Telos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that does. Uh, so that sounds like, it sounds like a real easy way to explain it would be like you said, a decentralized Dropbox and in the, mm-hmm. the people running the swarm or the, I guess it would be sometimes block producers running the swarm are going to be getting paid uh, by people who are wanting a premium service. It sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. It's just another way to, you know, again, for people who want to provide infrastructure to support, you know, these products that are going to be running on Telos, um, you know, they don't have to be a block producer to be a IPFS, you know, D store swarm, um, you know, uh, node. They can basically do that layered on top of being a block producer, or if they just want to focus on the, uh, the D store aspect, they can do that. What kind of infrastructure is it you predict it'll take for, to be run a swarm node or, or, or run that infrastructure for that for someone well, who's not a block producer? Obviously, you know, storage is, is going to be the key aspect. Um, I don't have the exact uh, specs, but, um, you know, if you have a, a cloud connected node, um, with you know a decent amount of horsepower in terms of CPU memory and storage, um, you'll be able to you know connect up to the swarm and um, 
you know, with IPFS, the way it works, just, you know, your storage will just get, you know, introduced into this, to the swarm. Um, the more storage you have, the better, obviously, but, um, you know, you could, you could technically join the swarm with, you know, minimal amount of storage. So, um, it's, you know, anybody who's got, you know, that type of infrastructure will be able to join. And what would be a good example of somewhere that, um, a DAP that would use IPFS? Like what's a good, how, how's that tool fit into the DAP ecosystem? What's that going to enable DAP developers to do? Well, it's really just think of it as a, um, you know, as a, a cloud storage type solution. So, you know, it's really, like I said earlier, it's a, it's a foundation, a foundational service that we're going to really need to offer on, on uh, the cloud for DAPs. So, you know, any application is going to have any, um, you know, uh, you know, significant storage um, requirement is going to need this type of a service. So, you know, you can blockchain itself, you know, can store small amounts of data um, on the blockchain, but really it's not meant for, you know, file storage. Um, like as an example, all of our um, Telos governance documents are currently on an IPFS form. Um, that will probably, you know, may even, you know, evolve into DStore. Um, but uh, really, any app that's going to need to have some type of long-term storage will be a candidate for DStore. Interesting. Um, something else you talked about was that you just touched on was the sentiment tokens. Uh, I th that's pretty new. So can you give an overview of, of what that is, kind of how that looks like it's going to be working? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we just released a statement on that uh, recently. So that is true. But uh, we've actually been working on this project for several months now. And um, really, it's, it's, you know, probably the best example is like the Facebook like um, type thing. But uh, really, we found that, you know, with all the transactions going on on the chain, um, we really need some tool, a way to essentially rate or provide feedback on interactions that happen on that chain. You know, similar to, um, you know, I think of eBay as another example, where in eBay, you basically rate both, you know, both parties in the transaction. And, you know, I as an eBay user will, you know, look at that data when I'm considering doing a transaction um, with a seller uh, or buyer. And, um, and that factors into, um, you know, to, uh, to my transaction. So um, we're going to have different types of sentiments. So I think uh, the first, uh, one of the first ones that are gonna come out is trust or distrust. And uh, the way that works, um, there's a, a white paper that you can go get all the details on it, but just as an overview, um, you know, every person or every account will have a set amount of these sentiment tokens added to their account. Um, they're not really meant to be a store of value. Um, but um, when people have transactions with other accounts on the chain, they'll be able to apply either a trust or a distrust um, token to that other account during, you know, with that transaction. So it's going to build up basically a history of, um, I guess, you know, performance attributes or, um, you know, uh, I guess that's the best way to say it is performance attributes on, you know, how, what each account holder, you know, what sentiment people have against um, actions that, that that account has done in the past. Yeah. An interesting place that you see kind of that phenomenon play out too is, is on Reddit. 
Um, and one of the things it prevents is, or it gives is, um, this idea of how long someone's been around or how long they've been interacting as well. So if a, if a Reddit commenter has a lot of karma and they've been on Reddit for five years, then you know it's not probably not some sort of sock puppet or some sort of troll account. But if it's a brand new account, then people automatically kind of have, they're more skeptical to what you know is being posted or, or said by that account. So um, yeah. yeah, I can definitely see that trust, distrust working in that same way. You know, mm-hmm. the amount of trust you build up is going to give your actions more weight. Um, mm-hmm. That's, that's interesting. That's, that's great. How far along is that project and, and when will we maybe see uh, like tools start using it? Yeah, it's, it's hard for me to say. I it just, you know, I'm, I'm not doing too much active development on that project, but I've been, you know, kind of hearing the progress and um, I believe it's pretty far along. Um, they're just working out, you know, a lot of the kind of algorithms um, with it and kind of the, the, uh, the configuration just to, you know, again, like the airplane theory, get it enough to just, you know, get it launched and off the ground and then maybe tune it from there. But, um, you know, I, I'd be, uh, you know, I would say we might even see it before the end of the year or probably, you know, Q1 of next year. Exciting. That'll be a good one. Yeah. Um, another exciting thing that you mentioned going down the list here of, of things you mentioned that are interesting is the dragons. Um, how about what's going on with that? And what can you tell us about dragons? Oh, I'm not the right guy to ask, okay. uh, but I'll briefly tell you what I know, which is not much, but uh, dragons required um, two things. Um, we basically, it, it required some features in the, in the recent 1.8 um, EOS IO um, code. So that was a major piece for us block producers is to coordinate and get our network up to the latest you know, 1.8 version of the EOSI code. And uh, that had a lot of, um, a lot of uh, dependencies for the, the Dragons app or for uh, Draco's Keep. And um, another one is DStore. In fact, you know, that's, that's a great example to your point earlier. Um, that app is going to require a lot of long-term storage. And so um, it needs a, a DStore or you know, IPFS type solution um, underneath it. So those were some of the prerequisites, as I understand, for Draco's Keep. So, um, you know, we really had to wait to get, you know, the chain, um, you know, up and running with these features um, before they can launch it. But, um, you know, I'm hearing again, maybe before the end of the year, we'll see, or, you know, maybe, uh, you know, kind of wait and do a bigger launch at the, the beginning of next year. We'll see. Cool. It's always fun to be, there's always something interesting right on the horizon that we can, that we can be waiting for and tell us. It's, it's, that's right. It's, it's, it's exciting. Coming. That's why, that's why we're here. It's always, uh, there's always one more thing that that's about yeah. to come. So it's, well, we're not even a year old. So yeah, I mean, you know, we've done a lot in this first year, uh, really just do a lot of the groundwork, including governance as we've you know talked about, you know, a lot of the foundational stuff that we need for better things to come and they will keep mm-hmm. coming. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, we hit on a bunch of interesting projects that are other people's projects. Uh, you're, you're working on some, some exciting stuff uh, coming up. What, what are you personally working on and uh, what's uh, Telos Global up to? Yeah, so just briefly, just to, to you know, tell you about Telos Global, we really, you know, I was very excited um, when the EOS chain launched. Uh, I didn't participate as a block producer, but I was watching it very closely and very excited about um, this new form of blockchain. And um, so when I did research and found out about Telos, it really resonated with me in terms of the values of the chain. 
Um, so I jumped on board and started in, like I said, in October. Um, and uh, was very, very excited to be a part of the initial launch group. Um, and I felt, what is the strength that I can bring? And I felt that Telos really needs uh, good, solid infrastructure. So um, I started the company Telos Global um, with the focus of being basically Telos's, you know, underlying IT infrastructure um, BP. And so um, my philosophy is to make Telos available you know, around the globe. And so uh, with that, I, I'm running um, probably, I think it's like 14 or 16 nodes now um, on the Telos mainnet um, with the uh, you know, intent to have the best global coverage that I can provide. So today, you know, I'm a, a US-based block producer. Um, I have nodes in uh, US West, US East, uh, my block producer nodes are in yet another facility just for security purposes. Um, and then I have a presence over in EMEA uh, and a presence over in Asia too. So, um, you know, my, my goal and my pledge is to keep, you know, those nodes up and running so that, um, you know, people have good um, Telos infrastructure servers that they can connect to as close as possible. So that's really the foundation and you know, spend a lot of time um, just maintaining, um, you know, that presence. It does take a lot of work. Um, and, uh, and, and I'm definitely dedicated to that. Uh, but beyond that, um, I've always been interested in the IoT world. Um, I do a lot of uh, microcontroller development uh, on Arduino, Raspberry Pi, you know, those types of devices. And so, um, one thing that really resonated with me is how blockchain can help solve um, problems in the supply chain industry. And um, uh, so I set out to look at this challenge and see how Telos can help. And uh, I've been participating with some other prominent VPs on Telos to um, provide um, solutions for blockchain or for, uh, for supply chain. Um, and uh, what I've done is I've created a prototype unit. Uh, it's an IoT device. Um, I call it the Telos Tracker. And um, this device is essentially a little a microcontroller that is meant to be um, mounted on, um, you know, sh the shipping trucks. Uh, in this particular use case, the refrigerated trucks. Um, and the use case is trying to monitor temperature, humidity, and vibration um, and location. Um, for, um, you know, uh, for cargo essentially, um, that needs to be refrigerated along the route in the supply chain. So, um, use case would be basically, you know, if you take, uh, some food product, you know, beef or some type of a meat that requires, um, refrigerated, um, during transport, um, they're going to load it onto a truck this Telos tracker device will be mounted on the truck and have temperature, humidity, vibration, GPS, you know, sensors on it um, to basically ensure that the temperature um, inside that truck meets their standards from, you know, packing to unloading during the entire trip. So it was a very interesting use case. Um, I did build some prototypes. Um, I'm going to be demoing them um, uh, down at a, a a conference uh, next month in November. And um, uh, these devices essentially um, are pretty self-contained. They do um, require power from the vehicle. 
um, but they do have a cellular radio on them so that they can interact with um, the blockchain. Um, and then um, they're going to be capturing um, these uh, the sensor data on a periodic interval and then um, sending it up and getting it recorded on the TELUS blockchain. So um, the exciting thing is we're going to be uh, demonstrating this and um, you know, we'll, we're going to do a, a live uh, type scenario where we're going to have a truck in the field during the event and uh, back in our booth we'll be capturing and showing statistics of this in real time. So uh, I'm very excited about it. It's going to be uh, really cool to see. Um, our intent with this proof of concept is not to become an IoT manufacturer. Um, there's several solutions out there that will do this, but um, basically prototype this just to make sure that it interacts with our chain um, the way that we want. And um, really our, our secret sauce, if you will, is basically taking this data and being able to put it on the blockchain. Um, the value add there is that uh, for a supply chain vendor, um, their data will be you know, essentially recorded um, on the blockchain for partners and you know, for their customers and their uh, manufacturing partners and so forth to view essentially as like an independent audit of what actually happened um, during that transportation cycle. So it's very exciting. Um, and um, like I said, there's a lot of other VPs involved. Um, we're, we definitely see supply chain as a very um, you know, good candidate for blockchain and we're actively pursuing that market. Yeah, that's a, that's a really cool, um, a really cool concept. And so just to, just to wrap my head around that a little bit, it sounds like there is currently solutions to do kind of this tracking and, uh, monitoring of the supply chain. Obviously they've probably put time and effort into that, but the, mm -hmm. but the change here, what you're proving is this, this can be sent directly to the blockchain, recorded directly on the Telos blockchain. Um, so it sounds like th that uh, that small step there is really big in that there's probably, uh, I guess the goal here is to approach companies who already have this infrastructure in place and just say, hey, now we can put this on the blockchain as well and make it auditable as you go, essentially. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's really the... the the piece that uh, that we're trying to provide is to show them, you know, the value of having that data on a blockchain, show them, you know, the process of it getting onto blockchain so they really understand, you know, the end-to-end -end proposition. And we can help, you know, help them solve that problem, not just the blockchain piece, but going back into the infrastructure side if they, if they need to. But um, really that is the goal is to just, you know, help the supply chain industry um, move on to the blockchain because we see that that's one of the top strengths of a blockchain. Yeah. And do you plan to take that uh, to market? Are you going to be part of, part of a team that's going and approaching companies uh, and trying to add this piece? Yeah, we are. We're actively um, pursuing um, contacts and relationships in that space. Um, we are, uh, uh, working with a um, there's an alliance here in the in the U.S. called uh, BIDA, um, Blockchain in Transport Alliance, and they're one of the premier alliances um, in the supply chain space in the U.S. Um, and they are actually going to be uh, one of the main sponsors of uh, of the uh, the blockchain um, uh, expo that's going to be in Santa Clara in November. 
It's uh, Blockchain Expo North America is the actual official name. Uh, you guys can find it. It's going to be uh, in Santa Clara on November 13th and 14th. Um, and we have a booth there. Um, they're actually doing two um, kind of joined um, expos at the same time, one focusing here on the IoT space, and then they're also doing a joint one on, um, on AI, which will be interesting to see as well. But we'll be there demonstrating um, this device, working with uh, partners in that space to, uh, to try to see what opportunities we can help, um, help them get into the blockchain space. So that's November uh, 13th and 14th, you said, in Santa Clara. And that's correct. Uh, yeah, yep. and I'm going to try to be out there as well. So awesome. hopefully we'll get a little little footage of that for anyone listening. You can look forward to that coming. Um, and you said that uh, that BIDA was involved. Uh, is BIDA uh, blockchain agnostic? Are they, they have a relationship with Telos? Or what, what's their organization look like? They're blockchain agnostic. They're really solving... Um, uh, really trying to help build standards um, around blockchain or supply chain so that, you know, as these companies are integrating blockchain solutions and so forth, there's going to be some synergy um, with these standards so that they can, you know, leverage other people's data and so forth. Um, I'm talking with a, a few companies in the space now. Um, you know, one is actually a, um, a, a trucking company that uh, is looking to have this type of device and uh, be able to put the data on the blockchain. So that's one use case that we've uh, already talked about. But another one is uh, essentially a customer who would like to have access to this data and currently works with these supply chain companies to you know, have APIs and so forth to get the data, but are very interested in seeing the data on the blockchain and then just being able to pull directly from the blockchain and have some confidence that that is, you know, immutable data that uh, was essentially recorded in that ledger and cannot be changed. And, uh, you know, that adds a lot of value for them. Yeah, you can think of it from the customer's standpoint is, you know, if they're going through an API, essentially they're saying, can you tell us what's happening with the data? But if they're able to just look onto the blockchain, it's like they can look for themselves what's happening with, with the cargo, I mean. Um, yep. Yeah, so it's uh, that that's a... Uh, that is cool from the customer standpoint. That's really cool from the customer standpoint. Yeah. And have the confidence behind it that, you know, the data is not being altered, mm -hmm. you know, that the data is coming from the device and being, you know, plotted on the blockchain and is available for anyone to view and, uh, you know, report against. Yeah, having a fast blockchain in that case is, um, is really important because then you're getting almost real-time valid data as well or, you know, close to real-time as opposed yep. to... Um, what other what other chains have made some inroads into this uh, into the beta space into the blockchain and transit space? Is there anyone who's kind of gained a foothold yet, or is it? I think we're still very early. Um, you know, I haven't uh, I haven't really had an opportunity to find out. You know, who else is in that space? I know you know some of the real big players. You know, like IBM is interested. Um, so you know, probably Hyperledger. Um, you know, chains in, in, in that, like who are calling themselves enterprise grade type mm -hmm. blockchain solutions are, um, are definitely interested. But I think the, the interesting value that Telos brings is being a public chain, 
um, where you know if the data is out on the public chain and we're adhering to some standards that BIT is helping to initiate, um, then I think it actually um, opens up the space to be able to leverage you know a public chain for a lot of this data and not have to integrate you know multiple private chains together to capture the whole story. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Interesting. Yeah, I know that uh, our team went down to San Diego. We saw Jesse from Cal EOS down there too, but we were, we we're at Walmart Labs and I know that Walmart Labs is really interested in blockchain and they're, they're using, um, they're interested in using it for um, what you're talking about, basically supply chain management. And um, so, but, but yeah, what you're saying is that these, a bunch of private supply chains isn't, is, isn't the same thing as a public um, kind of standard. So yeah, and I think there's, you know, definitely things that need to be worked out uh, there. But, you know, working in partnership with Bitta, who's trying to put together standards for the space and then, um, you know, leveraging the public blockchain um, uh, for, you know, kind of the on-ramp for, uh, for getting these supply chain vendors involved, I think is, you know, probably a good approach. Yeah, it's also, I mean, I can see it also playing in huge, obviously, with the global supply chain where you're sometimes it's really, um, really pertinent information where your products are coming from or where they're sourced. Uh, you know, things like supplements, I know that come from China, a lot of times will have really suspect sourcing and it's, it takes a lot of money and time to get your head around where the supplements are actually coming from and making sure you're getting the right stuff that's not contaminated. Um, so, I mean, there's all kinds of uh, global, global, um, use cases for it as well. Absolutely. And, you know, to your point about, you know, the speed of the blockchain, um, you know, I've, I've seen demos or, you know, um, scenarios where somebody's in, you know, a retail store and they pick up a product and they want to see the source, you know, the supply chain behind that product, um, or just, you know, it would take, tons of data to try to you know build that up and have that ready to go whereas if you just scan a barcode on a product and then the app in real time can query the blockchain and you know go trail all the way back to the source i mean just think of the power that that would would be to the to the end user to really know you know the sourcing behind the products that they're buying i think it's you know it makes a lot of sense yeah, that's, that's amazingly powerful. That's an interesting way to think about it because that has such a, I mean, that's such a big difference between if, if companies had to somehow gather all this data, get it like into a database and then present it in a query to some person in a store. It's just, I mean, it's almost unfathomable right. amount, of, amount of work that would go into that. But if everyone's kind of independently recording stuff to the blockchain and then the customer can just query this one spot, um, all of a sudden, yeah, that's a really feasible uh, easy streamlined idea, you know, it takes absolutely out so many players. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, yeah, it, it would definitely, I mean, it's a viable use case, you know, once you bring blockchain to the mix, yeah. you know, there's a, a funny video that I saw somewhere about, you know, a couple sitting down to rest to a restaurant for dinner. And, um, it was kind of making fun of that point, but, uh, but still interesting where they, you know, had a menu and I think they like scanned a barcode on every menu item and they could see like what the cow's name was and, <laughs> you know, and things like that. It's kind of funny, but, uh, but it does, I mean, again, it's a viable thing where if you go to a restaurant, you know, you could independently verify or, you know, 
research where you know everything came from that uh, that's involved with your meals you know kind of funny but uh yeah reliable and it's, you know will be useful in, in many cases school it, lunches for example you know oh, oh yeah if you want to know where your kids school lunches are coming from you know this is a use case that uh you know you'll be able to do that so Anyway, just uh, very interesting when you start thinking about the possibilities, and this is just the beginning, is you know trying to start tie these things together, and that's what I'm excited about, and that's what uh, we're showcasing next month at that expo. Well, that's going to be killer. I'll put the link in the expo for the expo in the show notes so people can make sure they find it if they want to. Um, it's going to be in Central Cal- Silicon Valley, Santa Clara. Yep. So, yep. Um, you know, something else that 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 hits on kind of this bigger bigger picture is as as communities have gotten so large, the internet has turned us into this global community. We can have, you know, thousands, 10,000 10, friends type of thing, which is just crazy, not really manageable. Blockchain starts to bring it, bring the human interac- interaction back, like kind of piece by piece in these different areas where with reputation now, you're more, uh, you, in the future, you, you'll be more accountable to kind of how you act in the same way that uh, you used to be accountable to your neighbors with these global communities. You don't have so much accountability. Blockchain starts to bring that human accountability back. Um, it also brings back what you were hitting on there is this idea of um, kind of knowing what you're getting and where it's coming from and who it's coming from and how it got there. You know, if you went and got uh, chicken and milk from your neighbors back in the day, you'd kind of know exactly where that came mm-hmm. from. It's, it's almost coming full circle. Now you can go get chicken and eggs uh, or, you know, whatever milk from the, uh, the store. And you can see, even though it, there's millions of people are interacting, you can kind of see that, that neighbor interaction coming back. So um, yeah. I, I, a lot of time put pieces together thinking how um, blockchain is bringing humans back together. I think that's a, a fun way to, yeah. to conceptualize it. So, yeah, that is yeah. That's a good point. Um, so the, uh, the supply chain, I mean, the supply chain is such a natural inroad for, for, for Telos, I think. I mean, Telos is, I know we've talked about it a lot going into every, you know, it's not, it doesn't have a specific niche, but I think the supply chain is a great area, like could be one of the first areas for killer tap daps along with, along with games. Um, what do you think, what do you kind of see coming next for Telos uh, outside of supply chain and, and possibly gaming? What do you think is... Um, other places that tell us might get some early inroads? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, there's, it's really, there's so much greenfield, you know, when you basically apply, um, you know, the apps and the businesses that we, you know, know and love today and try to overlay that over a blockchain, you know, there's so many options and possibilities. You know, one area that I haven't done that much um, work yet, but I'm very interested about healthcare. Um, you know, same type of concept. You know, it frustrates the heck out of me that, you know, if I go to a different doctor, they don't have my records or they can't pull up, you know, my history and really, you know, put all the pieces of the puzzle together and provide, you know, good healthcare to me. It's it's almost like starting all over. You know, when you go sit in the office, you have to fill out all the paperwork, you know, that they make you do about your, all your history. That's just terribly inefficient. And, um, you know, I, I see blockchain as another, you know, uh, as a, a, a way that we can come together with healthcare records and, you know, obviously provide um, the privacy that we would need. Um, but, you know, that, that I think that's a, uh, another um, like low hanging fruit that, um, 
that blockchain can help solve. And I know there's a lot of companies that are, you know, looking at this blockchain companies that are, are looking at uh, healthcare as a way. Um, but, you know, I think that's another critical one that blockchain can, can really help us to, to get to that, um, to that future where, you know, we go to a doctor, they don't have to necessarily have a prior relationship with us. We, you know, give them our authentication or whatever, give them access to our records for, you know, a certain amount of time. And they can basically leverage the whole history of our, our healthcare data to help provide better care for us. So that's another big one that, that I see. Um, you know, there's also the gaming industry. Um, you know, there's, I'm very excited, as we mentioned about uh, Dracos Keep. Um, I think, you know, this, the whole concept of uh, um, uh, these, uh, the gaming, um, uh, you know, the, the in-game content, uh, if you will, um, you know, I think blockchain helps and there's companies that are helping to kind of tie together um, these in-game, you know, content and allow people to trade them and so forth. And I think uh, Draco's Keep is going to have a, some kind of a platform similar to that where where uh, folks can come and start, you know, be, be like a marketplace for in-game um, uh, assets. So that's another, uh, I think, fun uh, fun venue. But you know, there's obviously um, finance, a lot of uh, opportunities there in the finance space, um, just, to, just to name a few. But like I said, you know, at the beginning, it's really greenfield. There's so many, so many opportunities um, that blockchain can be applied to that make a lot of sense. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, a shout out to Crypto Lions. I know they're a, they're a Telos uh, block producer, but their simple assets, uh, simple market, excuse me, um, works really well. I've used it actually. I've traded, okay. I've bought and uh, sold some resources on there, some NFTs, um, uh-huh. yeah, and it's worked well. It's cool. You know, it's 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 in the very beginning stages, but it actually functions. And there's there's a few people buying and selling stuff for games on there. So it's um yeah. So it's been it, that's been a cool little tool to use. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you probably know more than me. I'm not really a gamer, so I can't speak that well to it. I just, you know, I know it's a huge market and, um, you know, I, I know, I think you know, blockchain is a good platform for it. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a gamer at heart, but like the, the idea of actually sitting down in front of the computer and, and getting to game is like a kind of a foreign concept to me. I never, yeah. <laughs> never really find the time I've, I put like a, I played a little bit of prospectors on wax. That's where I used the, uh, the simple assets market. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, okay. So, but yeah, but it's a uh, few and far between. I love, I love gaming, but, uh, don't, it's not in my, not in my schedule currently. <laughs> too much cool blockchain stuff going on. Blockchain. Yeah. There's too much to do and yeah. it's all exciting. That's the problem is, you know, everywhere I turn there's something exciting that I could work on and, you know, it's just been a lot of fun. It's a very interesting time right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely a time that uh focus it's, it's like the focused people are, are going <laughs> to, are going to succeed because it's too easy to do you know, a hundred things in, in a, environment like this so i try to remind myself of that as well yeah it's too easy to get uh kind of digress into many things and then you end up not solving anything but you know my number one is keeping the block producing going um you know i'm dedicated to that and then trying to you know explore these other side projects on top of that and um you know i am committed you know as uh the bp pay um, value increases, um, bringing on more and more resources to be able to do more and more of these cool projects on top. You know, right now we're 
you know, keeping the lights on and keeping the BP stuff cranking and doing as much as we can beyond that. But um, yeah, what well, I'm definitely committed to bringing more and more resources to the party and, and helping to uh, kind of accelerate the development and keep rolling out more and more exciting things on Telos. Cool. Well, Telos Global has my block producer vote. Anyone else listening? Hopefully, you go out you. and vote for Telos Global. We'll put the appreciate link for uh, yeah, for sure for Telos Global. Thank you, everybody. Global. We definitely appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, and um, so we've. I'll put the uh, the link for the sentiment white paper. Um, so if anyone wants to look into that, I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, Telos Global, so you can go vote for a good block producer, and uh, I'll put the link for the conference. And hopefully, you yeah. and I will get a chance to meet up at that com- conference yeah. and. Um, get some we'll get whatever happens there we'll get out to 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 listeners uh as we start to wind down here do you have any final thoughts any other topics that you'd like to hit on that we kind of glossed over man we've talked about a lot like more way more than i expected we would (laughs) but um you know it's uh as i said you know earlier it's just been you know it's been very exciting working with telos um I, I see so many cool things happening and it's like the snowball effect where it just keeps getting bigger and bigger as we have more and more, um, you know, very good teams joining the project. Um, you know, we've seen more and more, um, block producers come on who, you know, have a very good reputation from some of the other chains like EOS and, um, just bringing more and more knowledge to the chain. Um, and, uh, just I'm seeing more and more projects coming out and more and more work. It's just super exciting. And I'm just a little piece of it and uh, just, you know, learning so much and just happy to be part of this whole project. And I think it's a very exciting time. You know, it's probably an overused statement, but you know, I see blockchain as where we were back in the mid nineties when the internet first launched and, you know, so many synergies between the excitement there that I was part of and lived through um with what's going on now it's just you know there's so many similarities and it's just super exciting and i'm I'm really excited to see what we're going to be doing in the next two to five years um in 10 years even you know with uh with blockchain so it's been a lot of fun roller coaster but it's been a lot of fun absolutely well that's a that's a great uh, optimistic note to end on this is a you know this is exciting times we'll just keep the cliche <laughs> that's that's all i can think of is that cliche thing this is such exciting times but uh yeah, really. but it is so thank you kevin what a pleasure to talk to you today um i'll see you in about a month or so at this uh in the silicon valley santa clara at the conference and uh my telos podcast friends this is the telos podcast and we will be back soon with more awesome stuff like uh, kevin thanks for coming on the show kevin thanks so much brandon bye all yep cheers the money is not the prime asset in life time is 